Welcome to episode 26 of Early Stoppage. I'm your host, Derek Moody, and on today's show, I spoke with newly signed Bellator Bantamweight contender, Vince Vendetta Morales. On this episode, we talked a little boxing, his wrestling background, time on the contender series, and his return to Bellator. This was a fun and informative episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Joining me today is Bellator Bantamweight contender, Vince Morales. Welcome to Early Stoppage. Hey, I appreciate you for having me. Now, the way I like to start the show off is I ask a few random questions and we work our way back into mixed martial arts. Okay. Do you have a favorite TV show? Uh, Game of Thrones, probably. I got to go with that. Do you have a favorite character on Game of Thrones? Um, probably, I think Tyrion Lannister. That little dude just gets me. He's good. Now, do you have a favorite sport aside from mixed martial arts? Gotta be boxing then. That's the only other. That's the only other thing I really watch. Okay. Speaking of boxing, who you got, Canelo or Triple G? Oh man, I'm always wrong, but uh, but I, I'm going with Canelo for this one. Okay. Who do you think won the first fight? Uh, that one. I, honestly, I wasn't too upset with the draw. Um, depends on what you were looking at. If you were looking at the effective aggressiveness, then you got to go with Triple G. If you were looking for like the clean overall good boxing ring generalship, uh, I went with Canelo. So it's it's kind of pick and choose for me. It's a good way of breaking it down. Do you remember the first mixed martial arts fight you ever saw? Yeah, actually, I want to say, I'm pretty sure it was Roger Huerta and Clay Guida. Oh, nice. Uh, I think that was the tough finale where Huerta had the comeback submission. Now, did you have a favorite fighter or a fighter that inspired you growing up? Uh, I, did, I didn't really. I kind of just admired the, the sport as a whole. Um, it, it seems like every couple years I get like uh, guys that catch my eye that I end up really appreciating like right now it's Paul Felder and like Stipe um prior to that who's I really can't say I had a favorite you know Paul Felder and Stipe are by far two of the most underrated fighters on the roster especially Stipe he has a heavyweight record for title defenses you know one thing they have in common is they bring it every time they're there are guys who are known to run and take rounds off but not these two yeah and I, I don't know why they I don't know why they constantly get overlooked I feel like uh, skill wise they're both like top skill level I don't know it's crazy to me yeah, I agree completely. Now, did you grow up studying martial arts? Um, I, I didn't, actually. I didn't even get into MMA until uh, that was a couple years after high school. But in, in high school, you wrestled, right? Yeah, I was, I was wrestling. I, I started that uh, my freshman year. I wasn't any good until my senior year. Now, what was most memorable about your wrestling career? Two things that, that are the standout things for me. Uh, freshman year, probably the most memorable thing was not winning at all. The other standout thing was uh, my winning the state title as a senior. Do you at all remember your wrestling record your senior year? I think it was 30, 37 or something like that, and, and four. It wasn't too bad. Okay. Now, how did you get into mixed martial arts? Um, well, after a couple years of high school, I was actually really missing wrestling was the, was the first thing. I, I kept watching. I was watching boxing. I've, I've been watching boxing forever. My dad's a big fan of boxing. Um, I just needed something to keep the competition going and then kind of stumbled onto it. And I was like, this is pretty interesting. And then I went to uh, Rage in the Cage, which was a live event that went on over in Boise area. I went to my first fight there and seen those guys and I was like, oh, I could definitely do this. What's been harder for you, the wrestling weight cut or the mixed martial arts weight cut? Um, mixed martial arts, just because I didn't really cut weight back in high school either. Um, and I only, I only recently started cutting weight for MMA. like 
a year ago. Now, you said you grew up uh, watching boxing. Did you have a favorite boxer? Uh, Manny Pacquiao was, I think, probably, was probably the standout. Oh, yeah. Pacquiao had one of the best boxing runs I've ever seen. I mean, he went up so many divisions. I think he maybe took eight titles or so uh, during that run. Something crazy like that. And he always brought it, and he was always there to fight, and he was always taking his challenges. And he's just a guy I really appreciated. Yeah, and he's still fighting for titles after 20-plus years in the game. Uh, what impact has Tony Fricklin had on your career? For Tony, I really – I don't think I had a very well-rounded MMA game. Um, I think I was a – I was an effective fighter overall. Now I just got a solid foundation for my fighting. So I've got reacquainted with jiu-jitsu and I've learned a lot of things from him. Um, overall, MMA, conceptually, I learned a lot of stuff from him. Tony's been great. He kind of, I, I don't know where I'd be without him, actually. So. How far into your career did you meet Tony? I've been with Tony for three years. I was, I was having my third pro fight, and then a week, bef- like a week and a half before, um, my fourth pro fight, rather. I think it was third, actually. And then a, a week before I met him, he had just started training at a gym over in Boise, and I was still living about an hour away, so I started making that commute, and then that's the story from there. Now, you went 5-1 and one as a featherweight. You won a catchweight fight at 140, then went 1-1 one and one as a bantamweight. Uh, what prompted the move to bantamweight? Uh, just the size thing, really. I'm, I think I'm still actually one of the smaller bantamweights out there. Um, I'm just not very, I'm not, not very tall. I'm not very hefty or anything. But uh, at 45, I was starting to fight guys that were cutting from upwards of 170, and I cut from 150. So size-wise, it, it was kind of making up for the difference in what I felt was the skill. They could kind of hold on to me a little bit, and I thought if I, if I wanted to really compete at the elite level, I was going to have to make that sacrifice and learn how to wake up properly. Okay. You had a stint on uh, Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. How were you contacted to be on the Contender Series? Um, I was contacted through – Sean Shelby actually got a hold of me through my manager, Jason House, with Iridium. Um, and he, he, he gave me a call. I was actually already signed for a fight. And then uh, that fight ended up falling through, and then it just kind of just worked out like that, that I, that I would get an opportunity to be on that show. So – it was great. Overall, that whole experience was super awesome. Okay. Now, you were literally seconds away from finishing Domingo Pilarte in the first round. What did you learn or take away from that loss? I think, I think it's a matter of – one of the biggest things for me was staying focused because I, I look – it's all retrospect now. Now, looking back, I can't really think of what really – what my corner told me in between rounds or anything, which, which I attribute to losing focus because, like, the first thought as soon as that bell rang was, uh, oh, man, I'm not going to get that contract because in my, in my mind, um, it had been everybody that was getting first round finishes that were getting that were getting those contracts. That's definitely a lot of pressure. I think just being on that show is more pressure than a regular fight for you know a different promotion because it's like one you need to win, two you you need to it has to be spectacular because there's guys who won and they didn't get the contract. You know, so it's it's that's a lot of pressure. I mean, it's a great opportunity. It's just a ton of pressure. Yeah, really. And the whole atmosphere is different. Uh, for me, I, I really like having a walkout song. So having a, having a walkout to a small little arena in front of like Dana White himself and just a small group of people. I don't know, it, it's a whole different experience. I'm grateful for the whole thing. I think there's a lot of good takeaways from it. Um, and if anything, I'd rather trip up on my way in versus while I'm actually in. Now, you recently signed with Bellator and you're set to fight at Bellator 205. You last fought there just over two years ago at Bellator 155. How does it feel to be back fighting for them? Uh, it's great. I'm excited. Um, I, I love fighting the hometown fights, so it's it's super great that they're coming right back to Boise. I'm stoked for it. I'm, I was ready to get right back in. I was ready for another fight immediately after the other one. So I'm, I'm really 
I'm really grateful for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to it. it should be good. Okay, now how many fights are on your Bellator contract? Is it a, a one and done, or did you sign a multi-fight deal? No, we just did a one and done for for now. Um, just wait, just weighing options. We're taking everything as it comes. I'm I'm trying to make sure that I'm jumping on the opportunities as they arise. So for now, this was the one that was there. It's there. I'm ready for it. We're gonna make something happen. Yeah, you know, I've, I've spoke to many fighters that actually prefer the one and done because you never know when the UFC is calling or the contender series. And that seems to be just about every fighter's ultimate goal is to get into the UFC. So they kind of want to stick with that one and done just to, you know, see what comes their way. Do you have the same feelings about that? Yeah, exactly. The, the UFC is still the top dogs in the MMA world. And it's, it's already got the whole foundation there for – it's got the respect. Everybody knows that that's where all the best guys were. Um, anybody that really wants to fight the best guys, they kind of, the UFC is the best spot for that. Not saying there's not good guys outside of that. It's just the competition's thicker there. So I, for me, I want to fight the best guys, and that's where they're at. Being in Bellator, did you recently see the bantamweight fight between James Gallagher and Ricky Bandeas? Oh, my God, I love that fight. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> what were your thoughts on what James Gallagher was doing? Um, I So he he was doing, he was, it seemed like he was trying to take the Conor McGregor approach and getting the star power from his antics and the personality, which, which is all great for him. But uh, I don't know, for me, when I see somebody like Conor McGregor and he's successful with that, he's the one that's going to be successful with that. There's everybody that can try to match that. I don't see that happening. And that's kind of what happened to James Gallagher. He fought somebody who was well-rounded and strong and paid the price for it. Yeah, I mean, he definitely did a good job of selling the fight. That was great. Now, you have a chance, you know, to go 2-0 in the Bellator organization with a win against Justin Hugo. Have you studied any fight tape on him? I actually don't do much fight tape on, on anybody. Um, I'll let my, my corner, my coach, look at that stuff. And I, I, they'll develop a plan around that. I like to adapt while I'm in there. For me, I'll watch, like, a minute or two of tape and then just get an idea of, like, what, what, they're, what they're working with as far as range, their timing on things, and that's it. Anything more than that, I – I go to, I overthink things. I get too deep into it and I don't want that to cost myself. So. Okay. Is this the approach you take for all of your fights? Yeah. All of them. How's training camp going at the moment? It's It's solid right now. Um, so I actually just got back from Portland. I was training over at Gracie Baja with my cousin over there, Ricky Simone. He's in the UFC. It was great. My team's out fighting fires right now. So, um, I've been doing a lot of the strength conditioning here and then I just get more bodies and more work with just, top level guys i went over there and training has been awesome oh man i didn't know ricky simone was your cousin how is it having a relative within the ufc you know chasing the same the same exact goals it's awesome if anybody deserves it it's him i think he's probably one of the one of the better guys i've ever seen ever i don't i don't, I don't care who watching on tv or pay-per-view or in person i think rick is just he's one he's one of the best guys out there um so it, it's cool to watch him i, I think he's, he's deserved everything he works really hard He's the man, really. Um, and it kind of gives me a little bit of fire just because somebody so close to me can do it. Um, we work it together while I'm there, too. So I, I, I know it's just a, matter of, just a matter of time before I'm right there with him. If I'm not mistaken, he was in the, the very controversial fight where his opponent survived the bell but was ruled unconscious afterwards. That was very weird. I thought the dude was out for a while before that, actually. Um, and then watching it, I've had a few people tell me that, like, a oh, his eyes were open and stuff like that. But if you watch my fight, I went completely out and my eyes were open the entire time. So that one's done for me. That's no longer an argument. Um, dude, I had no idea where he was. I thought he was out way before that. 
Well, for me, it's, it's like, it looked like, you know, he was like riding a bike, like his legs were moving, but he wasn't defending. Oh, not at all. We're flat out. It was, it was kind of scary. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was a bit, it was a bit weird because I think everybody was confused, but he definitely wasn't defending or doing anything at the end. He was just moving his legs. Yeah, I, I had it as a just stoppage. I mean, I, I understood it. I can understand where the controversy is just because there wasn't a tap and that kind of stuff. But I don't know if to have your first fight in the UFC and have it be a controversial one and get people talking about you already, that's, that's the way to go. I'm, I'm proud of Ricky for that one. That was a good fight. Yeah, I mean, that definitely generated some buzz. I mean, everybody was talking about that fight. I mean, it was, it was on every social media platform. I mean, there was a lot of confusion. A lot of people were voicing their opinions. For, for why both fighters should have won or, or whatever way it went. It was just, I've never seen anything like that. Out of all the fights I've seen, that's, that's a first. Yeah, neither have I. That was, it was super crazy. So he also broke a record in this first fight. So I was like, cool, you're the man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know usually when there's a controversial thing like this, people will, they'll hit up uh, Big John McCarthy and ask him what he thinks. And he said the ruling was right. You know, he said he would have did it the same way. He ruled him out. He said the guy went out about two or three times, um, and the ruling was right. Yeah, I think the majority of the refs agreed with it. Um, there's, I think there were a couple that didn't, but yeah, that was all. That was all over. So I kept hearing things everywhere about it, and everybody kept asking my opinion for it. Now, aside from your cousin, is there anybody in particular that's helping you out with this camp? Uh, well, the, the, all the guys, all the guys over there, uh, Gracie Baja, actually, um, Jess Moore, he was the strength and conditioning coach or one of the guys we were working with over there. He's the man. He put me through a ringer over there. Um, who, and I also got another, another teammate back home, which is where I'm at now. Um, David Rangel, who's fighting on the card on the Bellator card as well. So we're getting some sparring in tomorrow. Yeah. It's kind of just a, just a group of us, but we'll be ready for it. I'm super stoked for it. Man, I'm excited for this one. It's a great card. Uh, who would your dream fight be against? Um, probably. So from the first time I seen him, I had a feeling like eventually that's a guy I want to fight was uh, Cody Garbrandt. Ooh, all right. Now, speaking of Cody, what did you think about his two uh, fights with uh, TJ Dillashaw? Did you think they would go the way they went? I, in the second one, I, I thought Dillashaw would win. I didn't think he'd be able to get him out of there early. Um, I just think Dillashaw has more – he had more tools. Um, I still – I think Cody is probably a better fighter than what he showed. Um, I think he just got overly emotional, kind of attached to the idea that, oh, he's healthy, he's at a full camp this time, I can get him out early because he had him hurt in the first fight. But uh, I don't know, it just might have been the wrong approach. I think skill-wise, though, he's right in there. Th those guys, it's still a pick and fight for me if they fight again. So. Yeah, if they fight 10 times, man, it's, it's, it's hard to say who's going to win every time because it's weird. I feel like, like you said, I feel like Dillashaw might have a, a wider skill set range, but Cody has – one punch knockout power and he's fast he's so fast fast as hell it's just it just came down to the mistake you know whoever makes whatever mistake that was it i was kind of being a, a critic for him after the fight i was laughing at, i was not laughing but i was pointing out the fact i was like who stands there and eats three right hands in a row and then all of a sudden i had a flashback of my fight uh, and the ufc posted a clip of me eating like three left hands in a row i was like oh, okay well <laughs> well i mean you know, being on the outside, it's a lot easier for, for people to say stuff, but actually being in there, you know, it's like, like you went through it. You know, it's hard to see that that's actually was taking place. So it's easy for a spectator to say something, you know. But, yeah, if, as, as we're all watching it, we're just like, wait a minute, TJ's throwing the same punch three times, and he hasn't adjusted, and there it was. You know, that was it. 
Yeah, that was crazy. I, I saw it happening, too. I was like, oh, he's not going to move. Oh, he's going to be there. And then he ate that hard one. I was like, oh, game over. <laughs> yeah. Now, how can your fans stay up to date with you on social media? Uh, probably the best way is my Instagram. Uh, that's just one where I'm, I'm most active with replying to people, and that's just where everybody seems to be hitting me up. So that's, a, that's Instagram, at Vendetta135. Um, Twitter's a decent way, too. Twitter, I'd stay pretty active on there. Usually, I'm just kind of joking around on Twitter. But. Okay, cool. Well, hey, I appreciate you being on Early Stoppage today, and I wish you the best at Bellator 205. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Good luck with all this. Have a good one. All right, that'll wrap up today's show with Vince Vendetta Morales. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Until next time, peace.